And a very good day. This is Pastor Mark Whelan with my wife, Catrice. Good day. And this is Touch of God. And thank you for joining us this week. We continue on with our series of The Dwelling Place. That's Jesus himself. And we're talking about how important it is to dwell in him, for him to dwell in us, and have this relationship with the Lord that he so preciously paid for with his blood. Amen. So without further ado, I'm going to hand that over to my wife. Thank you so much, Pastor Mark. I just thank you, God, for just this opportunity, Lord, for all of us to just invest in your word, to just soak and saturate in your word. And thank you, God, for your word going forth, Lord, and touching the hearts and minds of your people, Lord, and causing us to just think about what is currently going on and to make a change in Christ, through Christ, for the betterment for just loving our brothers and loving our neighbors and loving God. Amen. Amen. So we've been talking about John 15. And of course, we are in the Amplified Classic. That is the version that we are using. And in John 15, we are diving into what does it mean to be in the vine and have a vine dresser? What does it mean when it says in John 15, remain in me and I in you? So for this particular series, we are looking at John 15, and we're going to start this week with verse 4. Dwell in me, and I will dwell in you. Live in me, and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. So just even for that part where it says being vitally united to the vine. We had discussed in the previous passages the actual function of the vine and his father, the vine dresser. And the function of the vine is to allow the components that are depending on the vine and the vine dresser to be anchored, to be stable, to be fortified, and then to be nourished by the vine and the vine dresser with various kinds of nourishment, whether it's energy, carbohydrates, water, but providing at the end of the day, sustainability, not just for now, but that sustainability will reach into the next season, giving them a firm foundation to be rooted and planted in so that they can withstand what comes their way. And so this is what we're diving into when we're talking about the vine. Now it says, dwell in me. That word dwell is a very, very important word. It means meno in the Greek. In the Strong's Concordance, it's G3306. And in the Greek, it's G3531. To dwell means to stay, to continue, lodge, sojourn, to remain, to rest, to settle, to last, to endure to persevere, to be constant, to be steadfast, to abide, to abide in close and settled union, to remain, stay, wait for, all of these things, that's what John 15 verse 4 is talking about when it says, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. So it's very important that we look at these words and we understand that When it's saying remain in me, a lot of times, let's just say, if you say to your friend, 
let's stay friends. But then things change and it has just a different tone to it. This is different from that. Remain, we're making a dwelling place. We're making this a lifestyle. This is not a fad that will come and go, but to remain, we are staying steadfast and anchored to the vine and the vine dresser because they are providing sustenance for life. And when we remain in the vine and the vine dresser, we depend on each other to basically go forward and to survive as one, as one unit, we are going forth. So if you were not to remain and you know that the vine and the vine dresser are providing sustenance for you to live off of, not only for this season, but the next season, but if you were to depart from that and not remain, then you could possibly not have sustenance for the next season. You could possibly not have the nutrients that would help you to grow straight and to keep you strong and to keep you fortified, to keep you anchored, to bring the water and the carbohydrates and the energy that is brought through the vine and the vine dresser. Amen. And in life, we don't want to be separated from something that is bringing us life. It's like if someone was on a respirator, why would you remove something that they feel like is bringing them life? Or if you're drinking water and you feel like the water is bringing you life, why would you stop drinking or doing something that is bringing you life? On this very point, Catrice, there's a few other scriptures that came to mind. Thank you, Lord. John chapter 1, verse 4. John is writing here and it says, In him, he's talking about Jesus, of course, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Jesus is that source. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And so we see here, John 1, 4, that he is life. And remember that the vine dresser, the father is pruning the branches. And the true vine is Jesus. Jesus doesn't need any pruning. It's the branches that are connected to Jesus that need pruning. But remember that Jesus is the true vine, and that's the life that the branches desperately need if they are to bear any fruit. The other verse here is Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 to 17, where we see that as God created the universe, he created it through his word, which is Jesus, He spoke his word, but everything that comes out of the ground is beautiful flowers and trees and everything. You know, he created animals. He created the human race. God is the source of all life. And whatever he creates, he creates perfect. Amen. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says, For it was in him, Jesus, that all things were created in heaven and on earth, things seen and things unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or authorities, all things were created and exist through him by his service, intervention, and in and for him. Verse 17, and he himself existed before all things, and in him all things consist, cohere, are held together. So you see here that Jesus himself, the true vine, is the source of everything that exists that God has created. It is no surprise that Jesus is telling us through John 
to abide in him, abide in Jesus, because we are going to go back to and get connected to the very source that created everything in the beginning. And there was nothing that exists today that God has not created. All good things come down from heaven. Amen. From the Father of lights. Amen. That's a good word, Pastor Mark. The verse came to mind that said Jesus came to bring us life and life abundantly. So many times we read that verse, but we don't get the depth of the verse until we just see it from different perspectives. You know, when we think of life and life abundantly, we think of our definition of what abundant life is. And maybe that's equivalent to a car or a house or being rich. But life abundantly is so much more. Jesus provides the substance of things hoped for, which is the foundation of what creates everything. And so before we even go even deeper in dwell in me, as it says in John 15, 4, we want to understand who is me. There could be new listeners out there who don't know who Jesus is, who don't know God. And so we want to look at John 1, verses 1 to 4. And it says, In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so that is showing us that the Word was there in the beginning. It was with God, it was God, and that the Word was Christ. So we are seeing that God and Jesus were together from the beginning And we're seeing that Jesus is the very word. He is the Christ. He is the word. And the word was with God. The word was God. And so we see this relationship between the vine and the vine dresser, Jesus and his father, and the word and the power of the word. And if I continue in those verses, it says, He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him. And without him was not even one thing made. That has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so we see nothing has come into existence without going through the Father and Jesus, who is the Word. I'd like to take you to Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 22, and it says, My son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, healing and health to all their flesh. So if we reflect back on John 1, where it's talking about the Word, and how the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was Christ, and Christ was the Word, and then we go to Proverbs 4, verse 20, and we see the power of the Word, and how It is said that we have to remain in the word, attend to the word, right? Consent and submit to the sayings of the word, which is the words of Jesus Christ. These words are strengthening us. And in fact, it's bringing life to us. It says, let them not depart from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those who find them healing and health to all their flesh. Hmm. That sounds like, to me, the work of the vine and the vine dresser. If the word is healing to all of our flesh and its health and its life, it sounds like the work that the vine does and the vine dresser, the sustenance that they bring to the plant to bring healing 
and vitality to that plant, to that vine, to make it strong, to make it anchored. And here we find the same thing in the Word, that when we incline our ear to the Word, to Christ, it is so much more. Which brings me back to John 15, verse 4, that says, dwell in me. There's a relationship here. If we go back to the meaning of what it means to dwell, it means to abide, to stay, to persevere. So God is asking us in this sentence for a relationship. He wants a relationship with us. Jesus and the Father want a relationship with us, and they're asking us, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. You're not exactly being ordered, but it's more like strong advice to tell you to dwell in him because there's provision when you dwell in him and he's asking for a relationship. And so based on the asking of the relationship, I'd like to take you to Revelations 3 verse 19. Those whom I dearly and tenderly love, I tell their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten. I discipline and instruct them. So be enthusiastic and in earnest and burning with zeal and repent, changing your mind and attitude. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to and heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will eat with him and he will eat with me. So we're going to pause right there because that's a direct reference. And if it's a direct reference to John 15, verse four, when he's talking about dwell in me, it's an opportunity that when Jesus is knocking at the door, he's asking you to let him in. In fact, it's the same relationship that's being offered to you in John 15, verse four. Will you allow Jesus to come into you and to dwell Will you dine with him? And he will dine with you and you with him. It's a relationship where you're being fed sustenance and nutrients. That same sustenance and nutrients that we discovered when we looked at the definition of the vine, when we looked at the definition of dwelling, we see these things. What is it exactly that's being offered to us according to the Bible scripture When we remain in Christ, what is it that's being offered to us? And it says in Philippians 4, verse 7 to 9, And God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul, assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is. That peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ. Notice it says, in Christ. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemingly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, If there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your mind on them. Practice what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and model your way of living on it. So this is another reference to dwelling. 
This is not a hobby. This is not something that you do for a season, but this becomes your dwelling place. To dwell somewhere is a home where you touch base, where you often go, where you go to seek rest, where you seek sustenance, where you go to be strengthened, where you can go to have peace, where you can go and gather and simply think on things above and have fellowship with like-minded believers whom you love. This is a dwelling place. And so it says, and model your way of living on it. And the God of peace of untroubled, undisturbed well-being will be with you. And so that reference will be with you. That takes you back to John 15 verse 4 when it says, dwell in me. How many of us need the Lord to dwell in us? How many of us at this point, we recognize that apart from the Lord, we can do nothing. Sometimes it's hard to realize that maybe if you were young and since you are at a young age, you've had to make decisions on your own. You've been in charge. You didn't have a dwelling place. You didn't have anyone to rely upon. Well, Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart and he's asking to come into your heart. He wants to be your dwelling place. He wants you to abide in him so that you can be fortified and strengthened, not just for now and for passing seasons, but for the next season and the next season to come. Won't you remain in him and dwell in him? Remember, Jesus came to bring life and life more abundant. How many of us, especially during this season, we need that life, life more abundantly. We need direction. We need sustenance. We need all the things that Jesus provides, but we have to turn to him. We have to allow him to come into our heart, to come into the door. You have to want to open the door. It's not enough to just stand at the door and and peek out the peak hole and look at Jesus and know that he's there. You have to let him in. There's an action assigned to you. You have to want Jesus to come into your heart. You have to allow him to be your dwelling place. You have to make the choice for him to be your dwelling place. And remember, when you make that choice, it's not just a verbal thing. Because faith without works is dead. We can't just be sayers of the word, but we must be doers of the word. And so when we say, Jesus, come and dwell in me, when we allow him into our heart, we make that decision and then we earnestly keep him as our dwelling place, just like we would do home. You return to that place to rest. You return to that place to be strengthened. You return to that place to have peace God wants you to do that today. He wants you to return to him. He wants to be your home. He wants to be your dwelling place. He wants to be your place of rest, your place of peace. He wants you to find joy and sustenance and sustainability in him. Amen. That's what it means to be a dwelling place. There's one other scripture that's also very good. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, and maybe we can discuss this. It says, But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. But the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. So I take this to mean if you are truly born again and have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior into your heart, amen, wholeheartedly, as they say, you then are united to the Lord. 
If you have received Jesus, you're allowing him into your whole heart, you've given him your whole heart, then that is you being that branch that is now connected to the vine. And you can then bear fruit as you continue to seek him now that you are connected with him. But notice that it says that the person who is united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. So you might say to yourself, well, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe I'm connected to him. I believe that I'm united with him. So therefore, I'm one spirit with him. I had my spirit regenerated by the Lord. He gave me a new spirit. He regenerated the old spirit that I had. The old self has died, and I'm a new creation in Christ. But you could well be in that situation, but yet give no time of day or consideration or any communication or any prayer to the Lord or with the Lord. You may just remember that one day, that special day in your past, that you really committed your life to the Lord, but distractions came in your way. Life happened, as they say, and you did not keep those distractions in check. And so, therefore, you might argue that, well, I'm united with the Lord, I'm one spirit with him, so everything's good. No, every day your mind, will, and emotions, your soul decides whether or not you want to be with the Lord. And what you have to get to a point of is that your spirit needs to become more dominant than your carnal remnant or the remaining part of your soul that's still carnal, thinking of your old ways. Amen. Amen. So to become one in spirit, that makes me think of a wedding. When you're one with someone, you can't ignore that they're one with you. It's like ignoring a part of your body. How can you wake up in the morning and ignore the right side of your body? It's one with you. You're together. You're marinated. You're one. And so you begin to take on the nature and the characteristics of each other. You begin to finish each other's sentences because you are one, because there's a bond that happens. It's like when you have a vine next to a plant and they just wrap around each other, they become one. And this is what God wants from us. Amen. But how many of us know that we must truly every day commit to our spouses, that we would love them, that we would look after them when they are not well, when they are well, you know, amen. We have to look after our spouses. So we have to maintain a relationship with them. It's not automatically maintained on our behalf. So therefore, we have to maintain our relationship with the Lord. And when we do that, then our relationship with our spouses becomes easier and easier to maintain because we are going to the source of all creation. We're going to Jesus, the true vine from which our spouses came. Amen. The source, the creator of all good things. Amen. So we just thank you, Lord, today for your message. We thank you, Lord, that we would be able to comprehend and understand what Catrice and I have been speaking about in the last half an hour. We bless you. We thank you. We bless your holy name in Jesus name. Amen. And so we'll have more to come on this next week. If you would like us to pray for you, you can call us at Country Code 1-407-705-3151. If you want to email us, it's prayer at touchofgod.world, prayer at tog.world, or you can find us on Facebook and YouTube under Touch of God Radio. Until this time next week, you be blessed. Amen. Amen. Amen.